Good evening. That's loud. I know. Uh, again, we thank the name of the Lord, how we praise him for another opportunity to be back in the house of prayer. It is my prayer that you are excited about what the Lord is doing in your life. And if not, um, as I always remind us, don't give up on God. Because he definitely has not given up on, on you and I. So we thank the Lord again tonight as we continue to give him the best of our service. It is my prayer um, that you have been blessed um, by the series of lessons we have been blessed to be able to begin sharing as we continue to um, display to the Lord that we are serious about going for broke. How many? How many? in here can testify that the Lord has really um, shown you some, some things this year um, that has pushed you in a direction that's, that's going nearer to him. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing when you can witness the growth um, taking place and, and, and continue to praise the name of the Lord because we recognize that our labor is not in vain. It is my prayer that you will continue to push yourself, amen, and challenge yourself as we continue um, to share these things that God has given us um, to share with you. As we're still talking about that word strategy. Again, um, just look at somebody and say, what's your strategy? Um, strategy. Remember on the very back of your handout, there are two questions that we must answer, and uh, we must make sure that we're very clear about answering these two questions. And the first question is, what goal are you currently aiming for? Um, everyone should be aiming for something. Um, when you hopped in your car and left your house or your job, um, wherever you came from to get here, you are aiming to get here. You had a specific purpose and destination that you were trying to accomplish and reach. Um, you just didn't get in the vehicle and just drift, but you had a target that you were trying to reach. And that was an aim. You were aiming to get here. And, and, then, and then I pray, I pray that when you made it here, you told the Lord, thank you. Um, because sometimes that's what we do. Um, the Lord will allow us to reach our destination and we'll forget to tell the one that made it possible for us to get there that we appreciate the fact that he allowed us to make it safely. So just take a moment and tell him thank you um, because he's been so good to us. And, and hopefully you understand um, that um, the Lord requires of us not to take anything for granted. Amen. Um, sometimes he's so good to us, we'll take we start taking his blessings for granted. Amen. And when you start taking his blessings for granted, um, you put yourself in in jeopardy of him having to remove some of that stuff from us um, that will recognize how blessed we really were. Um, I, I, I tell you this from a personal experience. When God start taking stuff from me, um, I sure know how to call on his name then. <laughs> um, so, so I don't want to wait till he takes stuff from me for me to start calling on his name in serious prayer. And so we again call your attention um, to number two on the back of your handout because this is the aim for us to understand um, upon the conclusion of these lessons 
that you will be able, watch this, to articulate your strategy. That I can sit next to you and you can articulate to me the strategy you have in place to accomplish your goal. I don't want you to just tell me in five years I'm going to be debt free. No, give me your plan. Tell me how you're going to become debt free. Tell me how you're going to make sure that your marriage is a better marriage, that your, that your financial status is in a better place. Tell me how you're going to make sure that at the end of a set period of time that you have already mapped out a plan to get it accomplished. Tell me how you're going to draw nearer to God in 2019. Don't just tell me I want a closer walk with the Lord. Tell me how you're going to make that closer walk happen. How you're going to make it manifest itself. And then guess what? Even if what you tell me is not 100% accurate, in your pursuit of that, God will use where you are to direct you to where you need to be. But you've got to be one who's active, that you've got to be moving toward, working toward a particular goal that God can use where you are to bless you. Let me tell you, because God don't fool with lazy folk. It's a sin to be lazy. Amen. And so, and so we call our attention um, to Ephesians chapter 6 as we continue to articulate the fact that the Lord has given us a blessed blueprint in Ephesians chapter 6 for success. If you want to know how to be successful, I'm here to tell you we are laying it out for you in these lessons right here. Now, what you do with it, that's between you and God you serve. But the truth of the matter is, in Ephesians chapter 6, God gives us a blueprint for success. Now, what we do with it is upon us. That's, that's us. But we will not be able to tell the Lord that we did not have what we needed to win. And, and I need you to understand that um, because some people are waiting on God to give them something new. And he said, you ain't doing nothing with what I already had given you. Why would I give you something new when you've been wasting everything that you have already? And so you've got to get it. So the first thing we discovered in this thing called strategy is we discovered that you and I have to learn how to put on the belt of truth. That's very important because we also discovered that a lot of people can't handle the truth. Amen. Um, we really don't want the truth because the truth calls us to a level of responsibility. Um, you've got to be very clear that we serve a God that operates in truth, whether we like it or not. And so we discovered by way of scripture that the Bible declares it's the truth that will make you free. Nothing else. It's the truth that will set you free. But notice it says it will set or it will make you free, which lets us know there's a process we got to go through to eventually get there. I told you on Sunday, I'm going to mess with some theology, and I ask you to just hold in there, hang on in there with me if I mess with your theology. Don't, don't cut me off and run out the room, um, but I've got to give you what the Lord has given me because I'm a firm believer that many of us have made the drastic mistake of gravitating to religion but rejecting God. And, and I, know, I know for some people, they don't want to hear that. Um, but the truth of the matter is, we're so religious, but we don't have nothing to do with God. 
They can tell you the order of service. They can tell you the way a particular scripture is supposed to be read. They can tell you that it's the number of Psalms and not the chapter in Psalms. They can break all this stuff down to you, but in the end, they have no relationship with the Lord. And God is calling us to relationship, not rituals, routines, and rules. And we're struggling. We've been in church far too long to still be struggling like we're struggling. And I don't know about nobody else. I'm tired of struggling. Especially when I don't have to. There's a big difference between having to struggle and then putting myself in a situation that I'm really choosing to struggle. The Bible lets us know that God has given us what we need to be successful. We discovered um, that in Ephesians chapter 6, that verse 11 said, you've got to put on the whole armor of the Lord. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. Not me. I cannot put it on for you, and you cannot put it on for me. You've got to make the conscious decision, watch this, Every day to put on the whole armor of God. You cannot put on the part that you feel like putting on and leave the rest off. No, you got to know how to put on the whole armor of God and you got to do it daily. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, if any man would be, would come after me, he must first deny himself, pick up his cross and then follow me. Watch this daily. And our problem is we only follow him when it's convenient. And if you only follow him out of convenience, you're going to find out in scripture, he says to them folk, he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because you are of your father, the devil, and my father has nothing to do with you. Man, I catch too much on this side to meet him on judgment day, and he tell me, depart from me. And so you've got to be able to put the whole armor on. And so in verse 14, it lets us know that you've got to stand your ground. Did you hear that? Stand your ground. When I, when I read that to meet you, it took me back um, because, you know, we live in this society where in certain states they have the stand your ground law. Hello. Um, but the stand your ground law normally is a law that puts certain people in jeopardy and give other folk an ex a pass. You, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, and you've got to understand the Lord is saying to you and I, that law that I'm giving you, it's not an impartial law. It's a law that if you put it on, it's equal for everybody that accepts the plan of salvation. And you've got to know that when you accept the plan of salvation, there's an enemy that is not happy that you have accepted the plan of salvation. There's an enemy that's not happy that you're excited about what the Lord is doing in your life. There's an enemy that's not happy that you are happy looking forward to go to church looking forward to serving church looking forward to serve the Lord there's an enemy that's not happy and every chance the enemy gets his aim is to steal, kill and destroy and you came here with your mind stayed on Jesus but you didn't put the armor on and one individual took your mind away from Jesus 
Amen. Anybody ever been there? Come on. Um, I, I'm here to tell you that sometimes you don't encounter the enemy outside the church. Sometimes you bump into the enemy inside the church. And that's why you got to have the whole armor of God on wherever you go that you can be ready to handle the fiery darts of the devil. I'm here to tell us that we have too much at our disposal for us to be struggling like we're struggling. So why will we keep going through the same old ritual and routine? Some of us have been in church practically all of our lives. We should be further along. But it takes an honest assessment to be honest with yourself. Something ain't right. Did you hear what I just said? Something is not right. Because I've been in church too long for this to be bothering me like it's really bothering me. You, you hear them say, um, for every level there's a new devil. My trouble is, I'm still, I'm still fighting with the old devil. <laughs> I'm the only one. I ain't conquered the old devil. I ain't figured out how to make the old devil resist. How to resist that old devil that he can flee. I'm struggling with the old devil. Lord knows if I get to another level. So we discovered, first thing you got to put on is the belt of truth. Come on, man. Be honest, man. Can you handle the truth? Um, when the truth is like you pointing the finger at me, but missing the fact that you got four pointing back at you. <laughs> the truth, the truth is that I'm responsible for my walk with the Lord. Not no preacher, not no pastor, not mama, not big mama, not no. I'm responsible for my walk with the Lord. If I'm not growing in the things of God, it's nobody's fault but mine. Because guess what? We all have access to the same Bible. And when I look around the room, everybody in here can read. That means we all have access to the same information. The, the question is, are we accessing what we have access to? So Paul says, let me help you with this. Paul says, put on the whole armor. And so we begin by saying truth. And then Sunday, we pointed out this word called breastplate. Or should I say body armor? And, and I, had to, I, I had to get off of it because it was going to take me too long um, to get into it. So I'm going to give you as much as I can tonight. And you got to roll, roll with me tonight because I got a whole lot to say in a short time to say it in. Amen. And, and I mess up sometime when I rush. So I might have to slow down and just do it again um, <laughs> the next time we meet. But at the same time, I need you to understand tonight that when I left off, we said you got to understand the function of the body armor. You get me? The function of the body armor. Because if you don't know the function of the body armor, then you won't understand what Paul is really saying. Paul is saying to you and I, Rowena, once you get the truth, now you need something that guards that truth that you have because there's going to be always a serpent that's trying to twist the truth that you know. 
And when you look at the world that we're living in, we live in a day and age where what's wrong, they're trying to make us think is right. And what's right, they're trying to make us think is wrong. And you got to understand that God does not change. Do you hear what I just said? God does not change. His methods change, but his word is still the same. If it was wrong in the beginning, it's wrong in the end. If it was right in the beginning, it's right in the end. You cannot change it just because you don't like that portion of the scripture it says what it says it means what it says whether we like it or not so we got to have something on us to allow us to know how to handle the attacks that's coming our way toward the truth you ever really want to be attacked get hold to the truth because there's an enemy that wants you to stay broke dumb and stupid And Paul says, no, you don't have to do that. Put on the body armor. Now watch this. This body armor is interesting. It protects the body. But more specifically, it guards your heart. And I told you on Sunday that the necessary aspect of understanding is when the Hebrew culture dealt with heart and mind, they viewed the heart and mind as one. Right? And so when you dive over into Philippians and Philippians 2 and they say, let this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, be in you. He was talking about not just this, but this. You have to have a heart for God. And if you have a heart for God, you have a heart for God's people. And if you have a heart for God, you have a heart for the things of God and the people of God. But if you don't have a heart for God, you don't have a problem with me. The reason you don't have a problem with me because you're going to be too busy pointing out my flaws. Did you hear what I just said? And because I'm here to tell you I'm filled with flaws. You don't have to search hard to find no flaws in me. I was born in sin, shaped in, in iniquity. I am born and I'm going to flaw, but you can't get hung up on my flaws. You got to go after the God that's in me. But if there ain't no God in you, you ain't going to be attracted to the God in me. That's why they tell you all the time, birds of a feather flock together. Hoodlums hang out with hoodlums. Am I making sense? Alcoholics hang out with alcoholics. People who smoke hang out with people who smoke. I'm trying to tell you, birds of a feather really do flock together. Because when I run short, I can reach over here because I know you got the same thing I want. And so we left. We said, now make sure you understand this. From the heart flows the issues of life. And we raised this question, and the question was, man, be honest. What's in your heart? And many of us need to do like we have to do our cars. There comes a time where you have to flush the transmission. Flush the oil. They don't do that no more. There comes a, <laughs> there comes a time where you have to drain the old fluids and put in some new fluids. There comes a time where there's a 
flushing that has to take place. And that's why they, they give you this mile marker. At 15,000 miles, you got to have this service. At 20,000 miles, you got to have this service. At 25,000 miles, you got to have this service. And Lord, when you get to 30,000, you might well trade the car in because the service is going to be so expensive that you really don't really want to fool with the car no more. And that's why some of us still have lights on in the car, say maintenance, say warning, and you just keep on driving because you know how much it's going to cost. But can I tell you, it's cheaper to get it fixed now than to let it break down. So Paul says, there comes a time you got to have a flushing in your life. And when you flush, what you're going to discover is some of the things and people that you've gotten attached to are going to be the very ones you got to flush out. Watch this. We left off right here. We took us back that you'll understand it. And we took us to the scripture where it says, where it says, Genesis 2, verse 4 and 5. Genesis 2. This is the account of the creation of heaven and earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there was no people to cultivate the soil. And we discovered or we mentioned to us on Sunday that God purposely withheld progress because there was no, watch this, there was no proper man in place to, to handle the progress that was available. And we left off letting us come to understand that until we get positioned properly, there's some things with our name on it that we will never receive. And you can blame everybody you choose to blame, but it's got your name on it. So you're responsible for getting in place and being where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And you can't tell God it's their fault. So look at the text one more time. Now, the ESV version puts it this way. Verse 5. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land. And there was no man to do what? To work the ground. Now, depending on what translation you get, one's going to say till the ground. One's going to say cultivate the ground. And one's going to say work the ground. And all I'm trying to get you to understand is God is saying, if you want it, you got to get in place and get to where you can handle it before I give it to you. Quit praying for something that you are not ready to handle. You're asking God for something that God knows you can't handle and you're wondering why he won't give it to you because he's not a wasteful God. I mean, it's like your 12-year-old child coming to you saying, Mama, give me $10,000. You're going to look at your child like they're crazy. You can't handle $10,000. I gave you $20 for lunch and you blew it on Monday. we do God you're asking for all of this stuff wait but are you ready to work for it now here's where your theology is going to come in place real quick because the, the trick that has been played on us is that religion 
has made us trifling and lazy. Did you hear what I just said? I didn't say the word of God. I said religion. Religion is man-made. Religion ain't got nothing to do with God. Religion has made us trifling and lazy. And when you look through the eyes of religion, religion tells you you got to die before you experience heaven. Oh, I'm finna mess with your theology for real now. Religion tells you you gotta die before you experience heaven. Evidently, you ain't read your Bible. Because my Bible does not tell me I have to die to experience heaven. That ain't in the word of God. That's what religion said because it wants to keep you dumb and stupid. Did you hear what I just said? It wants to keep you in bondage. It does not want you to be free. And some of you have been in some places where when your gift began to be revealed, folk got nervous and they started attacking you because of the gift you had. And you're wondering, why am I being attacked? I'm just trying to use what God has given me because they don't have it. And if they can't control it, they don't want you to use it. Did you hear what I just said? And now all of a sudden you sitting here gifted and frustrated. And even if you are gifted and frustrated, that does not mean God told you to leave. He said, cultivate. Uh-uh. He said, go to work. Why you think I put you there? But because you don't want to do no work, religion say, man, I ain't got to take all that. I can do bad by myself. Bye. And as soon as you run, you'll discover your name is Jonah because you're running from where he told you to go. Our problem is we think just because God has given us the gift, just because God has given us the just because God has given us the assignment that is gonna come without some work. No, you gotta cultivate it. You got to let the let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works that God has placed in you. Well, how's your light gonna shine before men? It's everywhere darkness show up, you flee. Oh, okay. So look what God does now. I told you in Genesis 1, day 1, and God said, let there be. Day 2, and God said, let there be. Day 3, and God said, let there be. Day 4, and God said, let there be. Day 5, and God said, let there be. And then he stopped. Because I done created all of this, but I ain't got nobody to take care of it. Did you hear me? And so now, when you read Genesis 2, it begins to say, this is the account. It's backtracking that you'll understand this is the account. This is what God did. And now, after God did this, God looked at what he had. And he said, now I need someone to put in place to handle what I've created. 
And then you jump to verse 6. Instead, here's what he did. Now, spring, springs came up from the ground and watered the land. When is the now? Now meaning, here comes day six. Oh, let me skip back so you can see it. Because I don't want y'all to think I'm making, I, I don't want y'all to think I'm making this up. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us wait. Then God said, did you hear that? Verse 5, chapter 2. And there was no man to cultivate, to till, to work the soil. Right? Then God said, did you hear me? Five days he created. Five days he put stuff in place. Then God said, let us make a man. Nope. Let us make human beings. Watch this. In our image to be like us. Now, I ain't the smartest one in the room or the sharpest knife in the drawer. But when he says our image, <laughs> when he said to be like us, I got questions. You said that too. I heard you. One, I want to know who you're talking to. And two, and two, when you say in our image and to be like us, for real, you missed it. Mm -mm, you missed that. Because what he's literally saying, Wallace, is I'm not just going to make a human, but I'm going to make one that looks just like me and act just like me. You missed it. See, religion don't want you to know who you really are. Religion wants you to keep begging somebody else for something that God has already given you. And when you know who you are in the sight of God, you don't have to beg nobody for nothing. All you got to do is go to cultivating. And if you start cultivating that thing you've been praying about, that miracle you've been looking for, that breakthrough you've been asking for, you ain't got to look for it no more. You'll bring it to pass yourself because you got that kind of power because you're made in his image and after his likeness. Now, guess what I'm going to do? Let us make a man. And you crying over your child, tripping, you tripping because your house, talking about there's a devil in your house. Well, if you cultivate, the devil got to go. Oh, my bad, Joy. Let me back up. I went too fast. The word cultivate, the word till, the word um, work, it comes from this word. It comes from this word. You see it right there? That's the word it comes from. Now, notice the definitions. You know it says to work. Did you see that next one? To serve. Till. You know till. But here's the word. 
manage. Get this, Lavar, because the Lord says, all I want you to do is manage my stuff. Did y'all hear what I just said? Now, me and my shout is, is that the Bible told me the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But he loved me enough to say, now that it belongs to me, here, manage it. God thinks so much of you that all he wants you to do, now you know your purpose. Everybody been talking about what's my purpose, what's my purpose? You don't have one purpose to manage the resources of God. Can I ask you a question? Are you a good manager? Come on, you're talking in tongues, you're teaching, you're preaching, you're singing, you're praying, you're deacon, you're ushering, you're doing all that stuff, but you suck at managing. You can't manage your emotions because every time it don't go your way, you throw a pity party, you're quitting, you're running out, you're making everybody else miserable because you didn't get your way. You can't manage your finances because he gives you $1,000 and all of a sudden you won't even give him $100 and then the 900 you blow and then you're coming back to him saying, I need some more. And he said, you wasn't good with the first thousand. Why are you coming to me asking me for some more money? You just want to ball out of control and think I don't see you blowing all of the resources that I give you and then run back to me saying you need some more. I ain't stupid. If you can't handle it, if you can't manage it, you don't need it. You've been asking for these children. Now you run around here stressed out talking about these children getting on my nerves. You ask for them. Go to managing. Oh, religion got you. That's what it is. Wait, wait. Religion got you. Let me go back. Verse 27, chapter 1. So God created human beings. How? In the image of God, he created who? And male and female, he created what? Hey, quit trying to say that the man is above the woman when he created them both at the same time. I just blew somebody theology right there. Because you and I have been taught he made man first. The Bible says he created them both when? At the same time. I told you religion will have you dumb and stupid. You better read for yourself. Okay, y'all think I made it up. Come on, let's read verse 27 together. So God. Now go to verse 28. Stop. Who did he bless? He blessed them. Watch this. At the same time. 
Oh, you went to school. That's right. That's right. Seminary. Seminary say he gave the instructions to Adam. Seminary. If you've been there, you know I ain't lying. Let me read this again. Then God bless who? So where I saw Adam by himself at? I'll get to why I'm telling you this. So he said to them, here's what I need you to do. Be fruitful and do what? Stop. Religion is so stupid that they'll make you think he's talking about sex. I'm sorry, but if all you have is Adam and Eve, we're going to walk through this. First of all, how in the world can those two populate the earth? You do the math. They had some sons. Cain and Abel. One killed the other, right? Who killed who? Cain kids Abel, so they got one son left. Then they had one more son we come up to know about, and his name is what I heard you say it. Seth. You get me? So now, they got all boys. Come on, I'm not the, sh- I'm told y'all I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know two boys can't produce nothing. Do you hear what I just said? So it cannot mean be fruitful and multiply men, have sex and procreate from that standpoint because it makes no sense. Ooh, I'm going at your theology, I know. Hang in there with me. But he says, fill the earth and govern it. Did you hear that? So now remember what we said just a while ago. You and I have been called to manage. The word manage is a principle of fault. So what he's telling you and I, he's telling us that we have to, we have to be fruitful, meaning we've got to reproduce this way of thinking in those that we come in contact with. Because you have to understand, you trying to get another Cadillac. And ain't no Cadillac going to heaven. And when you get a Cadillac, it's going to break down and you're going to need another Cadillac. So he's saying, I'm not talking about anything materialistically. I'm talking about the greatest gift you have, and that's the thought that God gives you. He says, you got to learn how to reproduce thought because I place me in you. I'm going to show you in a minute. Because I see these looks. Oh, Lord, what is he talking about? The man and lost his mind. Hang on in there. Verse 29. Then God said, look, I have given you what? Now, you do know what that represents. Commerce. I've given you everything you need to be wealthy. That's what that means. You don't have to be poor. I've given you every seed-bearing plant. Hello, food, produce, money. Right? Verse 30. 
And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals. And he goes through all of that. And then in verse 31, God looked over all he had made and saw that it was what? Which is to say, when God looked at Donna, he said, that's very good. Then if God looks at Miss Donna and says that's very good, then tell me how can Donna not look at Donna and say that's very good? Oh, because we wasn't few fruitful and we didn't multiply that thought. We started, we started multiplying fault. So when we look in the mirror, we don't see God, we see fault. Because I can go down each seat, each row, and folk will start telling me what's wrong in their life before they start shouting about what's right in their life. I made this mistake, and if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't be in this shape, and I wouldn't have been there. Can I bless you real quick? He knew you was going to do it before you do it, did it, and he still gave you his thought. Because what he wanted you to be able to know how to do was how to work your way out of that situation. Did you hear me? Look at somebody and say, just go to work. See, y'all ain't, y'all scared to talk. See, if you learn how to just go to work, I guarantee you, you'll see God operate some things in your life. He tell calling me talking about, man, the Lord is in the blessing business. He's been in the blessing business. He just tapped into what he had already placed in you. I'm about to shout myself. Hold on. One more thing, Brother Ken, I got to show you that you'll catch this correlation. I told you in verse 26, he made you in his what? And his what? Oh, one more thing I need you to see. Psalm 82. Um, I got some scholars in here, so y'all bear with me, you scholars. Psalm 82, when you get a chance, let it bless your life. Verse 1 says, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. Back up. God has taken his place in the divine council. Where? In the midst of what? Is that a capital G or a lower G? So if it's a lower G, you know it's not the supreme God. Right? But you know that it says he's in the midst of God. Now, anybody that know the Bible recognizes that God don't fool with idol worship. Did you hear what I just said? So, if it's a God, it cannot be a false God or idol God. It has to be a God that he created. Oh, man, y'all going to catch this. Catch it on 288. Because you're going to say, did he really just say? Yeah, I'm saying it. Because the Bible says it. God is sitting in the midst of gods. Okay, I'm going to keep reading because I want to shout. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak. Watch this. You do it. Give justice to the weak. And the fatherless. Maintain the right. Did you hear this? Maintain the right of the afflicted 
and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. Hold up, Lord, what you saying? I'm saying, quit praying to me to do it when I told you to do it. Lord, go to the hospital. He already there. You go. Lord, you know my child finna go to this court. I need a miracle. No, you are the miracle. Get on down there and go to work. Cultivate. See, you, you gotta. Religion will not let you believe who God said you really are. God said, I made you to be a lower God, a lower reflection of me, and I gave you my power. Then tell me why you're struggling like you're struggling. Oh, because evidently you don't know who you are. Want to know why you get attacked all the time? Because there are some enemies out there that know who you are and don't want you to know who you are. So they keep trying to pile on this stuff. Oh, there was a Pharaoh that rose that knew not Joseph. And because he didn't know Joseph, he said, we better put some heavy taskmasters, some heavy burdens on them before they recognize who they are and turn against us and cause an outrage in this place. Can I bless you real quick? The enemy don't want you to know who you are. So they'll give you religion, but they won't give you God. They don't have knowledge or understanding. Well, you can't say that no more after the night. Because tonight, whether you believe it, whether you understand it or not, you can read the text for yourself. He's sitting in the midst of some gods. And if he's sitting in the midst of some gods, it's something that he created that can carry out the assignments that he has for them. That's why the enemy don't like you. Because the enemy sees you doing what they wanted to do. Can I tell you what I told you before? Favor ain't fair, baby. You just got to thank God for the position he put you in and go to work and use what he gave you. You have everything you need to be successful. Wait, look at verse 6. You read it. Come on, man. Read it like you believe what the scripture says. Come on, read it again. All of you. Not, not, not the elect of you. Not the bright ones. Not the poor ones. Not the rich ones. Because when I read my Bible, he said every one of you belong to me. Paul, tell me one more time, what are you lacking that you don't have when he says, I gave you my image, I gave you my power, I gave you my thought process, I gave you dominion and authority. Why are you lacking anything when you have access to everything? And just in case you say sin eliminated, can I bless you real quick? In Genesis chapter 1, he made you look like him, but sin kind of messed up how we look, and that's why Jesus went to the cross, because he went to the cross that he can now look like me, that when he rose on the third day, I can look like him again. You got to understand who God made you to be. Put on the whole armor. 
now, God, and stand in the power that he gave you and tell the enemy, come hell or high water, I know who he made me to be and you will not let me bow down. I thank God for everything he's given me. Now I got to go to work. I got to cultivate it. I got to till this territory until I see him again. What you're waiting on? What are you waiting on? What you're waiting on? It's yours. Go get it. What you're waiting on? It's yours. Go claim it. What you're waiting on? I promise you the promised land. What you're waiting on? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. What you're waiting on? All things are possible through God. Come on. What are you waiting on? Can you manage it? Can you manage what you know? Can you manage you've been God in spite of your flaws? Can can you manage it? Nope. Put on the breastplate. Put on the body armor. Because flesh can't handle it because he told you this is a spiritual warfare. What's your strategy? You run around here begging folk to give you something? Show me in the Bible where you see God begging anything. You run around here talking about the devil is busy. Show me when the devil, when the Lord got nervous because the devil was busy. I'm waiting. Come on, look at somebody and say, go to work. You got to beg for no job. Go to work. Can you manage what God gave you? Go to work, man. Cultivate it, man. You are God. You are the creator. Come on. Go to work. Jesus told you all you got to do is speak. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. And you can ask for anything in my name and my father will do it for you. Speak. Oh, if you have this, the faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain. Tell this mountain to be removed. Come on, go to work. You think I'm joking. Tell me if God is the author of and the finisher of our faith, the only one that can give life and take life is God. Then tell me how when the man died, Paul showed up and said, Come on back to life. Tell me how when the child died, Elijah stretched himself over the child and talked to the child after talking to the Lord and called the child back to life. Because Elijah knew I ain't the capital G, but I'm a little G. Put on the breastplate. 
Put on the whole armor. Can you handle this truth? Get the CD. Can you handle this truth? Yeah. Can you handle this? Because when you walk out this door, it's going to be something in your head saying, that nigga is crazy. (laughs) Can you handle this truth? But remember, they call Jesus crazy too. They say, who are you? He say, my work speak for me. You don't know who I am? The dead came back to life. The sight, the sight list regained some sight. The deaf cannot hear. The lame cannot walk. You don't know who I am? Check out my works. Cultivate. Lord, I thank you again for this night. I bless you for this opportunity to stand. Thank you for sharing with us that there must be a strategy to handle the truth that you have given us. Strengthen us, O God, because we recognize wherever truth shows up, the enemy is not far behind. So, Lord, I'm praying for us one by one and collectively right now. That we'll be able to stand on this truth. Trusting, oh God, that you've given us everything we need to be successful. The question is, or will we just mature in our management ability? So Lord, we know we can do it. We know we have the power and the capacity. We just need to have the faith to trust what you've already placed in us. I lift every individual in here up unto you right now, O Lord, asking whatever they stand in the need of, whatever, whatever we stand in the need of, in the name of Jesus, would you please supply? Whatever we're struggling with right now, whatever these old petty differences are right now, whatever the idiosyncrasies of life that have caused us to doubt, we plead the blood of Jesus over that right now. Have your way, O God, that wherever we go, we let our light shine, that someone else will see you operating through us. For this, all men will know that we are truly your disciples, that we have love one for another. Love comes from knowledge, truth, and understanding. And God, we thank you for for providing us with all of our needs. Now, Lord, someone is battling a secret storm. And I'm grateful that you know all about it. Oh, but tonight, tonight is the night that rest shows up. Tonight is the night, oh God, that They're able to look that enemy in the face and tell the enemy to flee. Thank you, O God, for being that kind of God. The hurt from the past, the pain from the past is just that, in the past. We begin afresh tonight because we're putting on the whole armor. Thank you. Bless us one by one and collectively. In Jesus' name.
Come on, put your hands together.